Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Barry Rice. Hey, I'm here, guys. What's up? That's awesome in the Pete. And Pete Robertson, don't forget Pete. Yeah, I'm here too. It's Thanks. awesome having Barry back in the house. Yes, 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 indeed. What a blessing, what a blessing. I survived Easter, but it took me a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Easter it's like was awesome, the, though. The Easter coma, or whatever it's called, comatose? Or... Comatose? Coma? Yeah. Hangover? Coma, hangover. Yeah. Hangover. Yeah. Is that yeah, what it pastors is? Pastors out there do not make any big decisions on the week after Easter. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Your brain is just fried. unload. Yeah. That's exciting. It's good to have you back in the house. Yes, he's glad to be here. Absolutely, I am. He can speak for himself, Pete. Man. Man. So we had some big news last night. You want to talk about that a little bit? Um, are we talking about that uh, that leak? The, the political leak? Yeah. That's going to rock the world? Maybe. It will. It will. It already has. Yeah. So as, yep. as we're recording this, it's already been confirmed that it, it, it was the actual... Uh, yeah, it, it, it's real. Um, would that be a dissertation? What would that be? Um, opinion. It's opinion? just a, it's like a rough draft or a first draft of of the opinion. Oh. So yeah, so that's important to keep in mind. So just what are we talking about, Bob? Well, because they're saying that's real doesn't mean that it's still what's looks, real, Bob. Oh my goodness! So there's a case before the the Supreme oh, Court. Oh, now we're gonna talk about it. There's a case before the Supreme Court, and uh, in part of the discussion and uh, going back and forth of that case. It appears that uh, if you if you believe what you're reading from this uh, opinion, that Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned. Yeah, yeah. That's so what, what does I got. that mean? So it depends on who you listen to, right? Yeah, that's it's not as big of a deal as people are making. Well, no, it's it's a huge. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. It's you a know what huge I'm saying? Deal, yeah, but it's probably not what you're hearing. So, yeah, explain. So I, I was watching CNN for a little bit last night, and uh, I know, forgive me, and. Uh, the first thing I heard was, well, There's abortion. It's okay to watch CNN. No, I, I always oh, listen okay. to I watch Jeez. different things because I want to be able to mesh them all together. And I yeah. figure the truth is mixed in there somewhere. Yeah. So that's why I watch different stuff. Yeah. Um, if you know the truth, you're okay. Yeah. So If you he, don't know the truth, stay away from certain places so that you're here watching. Was, here was the message. Um, abortion is going to be illegal. Okay. That's not necessarily true. That's not what ter- overturning Roe versus Wade means. All that means. That's my point. That's my point. Yeah. Ro- overturning Roe versus Wade means that the decision, the abortion decision, goes back to the states. Yeah. And that's all it is. So in in reading um, bits and pieces of it, it's like 90 pages. I haven't read it all yet, and I apologize for not having time to do that before the show. But Explain your football analogy. Okay, good. Yeah. So, yeah, a good way to look at this. And I, we were talking before the show. This is a really, really emotional issue. Um, now, I and, can chime in on this. If you yes. Want to talk about and that's really why we wanted to throw football in. So make sure we get buried at just pour into this. So, and I was telling, I was telling the guys before the show that this whole deal last night, this bomb that was kind of laid on top of America, it, there's three pieces to it. So the first piece is um, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and what does that mean? So that, to me, that piece is giving that decision back to the state, which if you look up what the 10th Amendment says in our Constitution, anything that isn't explicitly um, talked about or written in our Constitution goes back to the state. It's not a federal decision, it's a state decision. So that's one piece. The second piece, and also a very emotional piece, is the abortion issue. And then the third piece of this whole deal is, why was this leaked? 
So there's really three different ways you can go about this discussion. So uh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, you want to talk about the analogy. Yeah, just to okay. give the analogy so to, for to the... try to help cool things down because this is very, very... Um, we just want to share truth here. Topic. So as, emotions. I'm, as I'm driving to the studio this morning, <clears throat> this kind of crossed my mind. I'm like, let's, let's just pretend Roe versus Wade was about the ability to play football. Okay. And the states wanted their own right to, to make their own rules of whether or not you can play football or not. And so overturning Roe versus Wade would, would, it would no longer be a federal, um, mandate saying everybody can play football it would go back to the states and the states would have to decide through their legislature so people like us would get to vote on whether or not we should have football in our state or not that's kind of what's happening if roe versus weight if roe versus weight actually does get overthrown Does that make sense yeah absolutely and i think that was really well said and so it helps people understand what is actually going on barry do you have thoughts I have so many thoughts that I can't share them. No. Um, here's my thought. Uh, you know the song, It's My Body and I, I'll Do What I Want, right? You know, it's my life, I'll do whatever I want. That That is not the case, right? We are bought with a price, and and we are to do what God wants us to do. And that's that's what I want to say. And, you know, I I hope and I pray that everyone at, every position eventually in america that makes decisions seek god and his wisdom yeah and if we would do that as a nation if we would do that in our families if we would do that in our in our local political scenes if we would just seek god and ask him for wisdom you know i think we would you know get that from him and not have so much mess and chaos yeah and that's that's I guess that's kind of where the conversation goes with us is <clears throat> we see the spiritual element to this. And we know that there's a evil that, that wants to destroy babies that wants to cause division that wants to uh, cause an uproar of chaos. And the Bible tells us that Satan is, is all about chaos. He's all about destruction. He's all about killing. He's all about destroying people's lives and um that's where we stand that's what that's how we see this whole situation is that regardless of what the vote is regardless of what the decision is there's one side or the other that's going to be attacked hmm. and and in this case we know that um if this is true and this is overran there is going to be a major uproar there's going to be hell like no other that we can imagine and so as Christians and as the body of Christ, we have a duty and an obligation. And so because this is righteous invasion of truth, we're trying to bring truth to this reality. The truth is, Bob explained it well, it's bringing this back to the state. So we understand now what this is all about. But the next part of it is we have a duty and obligation to pray. We need to get to our knees. We need to, we need to pray for our, our nation. We need to pray that God would intervene here. We need to pray that uh, Satan's attacks would not have his whole stronghold on people and that the church would rise up and, and do the things necessary uh, that the church needs to. We need Jesus more than anything else. Amen. And Satan does not want that to happen. 
He wants it to be misdrewed. He wants us to get caught up into the arguments. He wants us to get caught yes. up into all of that. And Jesus says, nah, that's not your duty. Your duty is to love. Your duty is to take back land. Your duty is to, to proclaim the kingdom of God in everywhere that you're supposed to do. We need to stay there. And we need to pray that Satan's attacks would not halter us from doing that, halter us to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, take, take the abortion part out of it. I think Satan is pleased with the disunity and just Amen. all the other stuff that's going on on because of this yeah. i mean to i think to satan the abortion parts is it's a bonus he's yeah. trying to divide our nation he's trying to tear down our nation and uh I, it, it, this could get really ugly and the answer is not to fight back in with flesh right this is a spiritual battle yeah. it the answer is to fight back and lay it at the feet, feet of the Amen. cross so that's Amen. to me the answer all right, so I know it's a heavy question statement, and we just we bring it up because we're again we're always we're always looking for ways to help us as Christians walk through hard situations, and we can spend a whole show on this, but we're just given a you know a brief you know overview of of where we are at yeah. and, and how to look at this we, and view this. We don't know what the final you know um, ruling is going to be anyway at this point. We yeah. we know the leak was real, but we also know that was from February, yeah. and things could have changed a lot since then. So yeah. to even talk about it now is probably a little premature. Yeah. But to not mention it at all, I think would have been well, a especially because when this comes, omission. especially when this comes out on Thursday, this is going right. to be at the high yeah. highlight of every yeah. you know of everybody's conversation. And so we just want it. We're getting ahead of this in, in sharing that. But anyway, so what we shared with you is true. Take it as you may. Uh, but more than anything else, I really we encourage you uh, to get to your knees and really pray hard for our nation. Uh, you know, again, we, we've used this many times in the show, Second Chronicles 714. If my people would humble themselves or called by my name would, you know, hum, what I already messed it up. <laughs> humble themselves or called by my name that would seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal you their know. land and, and so forth. So I like the Pete paraphrase yeah. version. That's well, good. I, I, I messed it up at the beginning. You ever do that? You messed up the yeah, verse man. and then you're and, all messed up and everywhere. And it throws you off, yeah. All right. So, you know, that's what I love about Riot Podcast is that y'all uh, y'all are willing to to address the hard issues and really, you know, give give a biblical perspective on it. I love that about it. Amen. All right, let's awesome. pray. Yeah, let's pray. I'll pray. Lord, we are just uh, once again just in love with you and we're just so grateful that we are here talking about you and talking about like as Barry just said, the hard issues and and the topics that uh, move people today. And I know that there's going to be a lot of emotions from this ruling. And I know that there's going to be a lot of um, people hurt or mis not understanding or um, just completely, um, I don't know, just filled with hate or just sure. filled with just uh, ugliness. And uh, Lord, I know that you're not. I know that you're filled with love. I know that you're filled with gentleness and kindness. I know that you're long-suffering. I know that you bring peace to chaos. I know that you bring joy when when circumstances are are saying otherwise. And and we know that in you everything makes sense. We know that in you all things work together for good for those who are called according to golden purpose. We know that your word says that greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. We know that Satan's attacks cannot affect us. We know that the, the victory is already won. And so, Lord, we just pray for our nation. We pray, God, that you would bring revival within it. We pray, Lord, that you would bring us Christians to our knees in repentance of our sins. 
We pray, God, that you would bring healing upon our land. We pray, God, that people's eyes would open up to be able to see truth, that they wouldn't be clouded by hate, that they wouldn't be clouded by this pain, this evil that's surrounding us everywhere. I pray that we would do something. Enough is enough. Satan, you have no place here. We want you out. We want you defeated. We want you gone in our homes. We want you gone in our lives. Yes. God, we want you to reign and, 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 and to have your way with us, God. You are good. You are perfect. You are holy. And God, we desire that. And so, Lord, we just surrender all of this now to you. We surrender this show. We surrender John 6 as we share it. And God, we know that uh, you're the author and finisher of our lives. So we put our trust now in you. We praise you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, yeah, you mentioned, Pete, um, John 6. We wrapped up 5 last week and uh, excited to jump into this. But before we do that, you guys have, is there anything else that's kind of on your heart that you wanted to share before we jump into John 6? No, I know. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to share that Pete's having an incredible hair day. (laughs) It's working. I, I love the flip. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I sensed there was something. That is not what I thought was going to come out. All right. Amen. So Pete's hair does look good. It looks All awesome. Right. All right. So show title today is Learn How a Disciple Trusts Jesus. Mm. And we are going to dive into the book of John, chapter 6, verses 1 through 22. So open up your Bibles. Unless you're driving down the interstate, then please don't do we'll that. We'll be doing an ESV version. And uh, yeah, we will be in the ESV version. So yeah. in our last show, we finished. John 5, we talked about the paralytic and at the Bethesda pools, Good. and also how Jesus' persecution from the Jewish leaders had begun. Yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of a pivot point, right, Pete? Yeah. This week we'll be unpacking John chapter 6, verses 1 through 22, and spend most of our time in verses 1 through 14, where Jesus feeds the 5,000. This is covered in all four Gospels. Yeah, it must awesome. be a big deal. I yeah, think, it is. I think Jesus kind of trying to teach that. us something here, yeah. right? All right, to give this chapter some context, we must understand that John's gospel is selective. He does not record events in the life of Jesus that do not help him fulfill his purpose. Between the healing of the paralytic in John 5 and what we will cover today in the feeding of 5,000, you may, you may have many, there may have been many events that took place. Yeah, thanks. Some are mentioned in Luke 6 to Luke 9 and also in Mark 3 to Mark 6. But, and during this period, Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount and gave par- parables of the kingdom. Yeah, so there's a lot that's happening in between here. So I, the parables were like sowing of the seed, the seed growing, the various of soils, you know, don't build your house on the rocky land, you know, and those kind of things. And then also I think it was the mustard seed uh, parable and then amongst other things. So that's your kind point of what is between five and six, a lot of a lot, things happened in Jesus' John, ministry. And but, John doesn't go but, into those details. Right. John sticks to, I mean, that's, that's why you even said at the beginning that this, this is all in all four gospels. This is a big deal because John doesn't really get into some of these yeah. things. He sticks to a lot of the doctrine. He sticks to a lot of, you know, what Jesus's ministry, you know, the purpose of it and what is, you know, what he came to do. And so, yeah, so he didn't get into some of those parables and other things, but yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, so. it's going to be fun. Well, All let's right. jump into it. I'm right. looking forward to going through this with you guys. Okay. All right. Um, John 6. Yep. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. You ever been there? It's amazing. So beautiful. And a clar- <laughs> Sorry, side. Side note. Side note. Side note. Wait, scroll. And a, squirrel, and a large crowd was following him, because they saw the signs that he was do, that the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. 
Lifting up his eyes, then, and seeing a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Where's the beef? <laughs> of course he knew he's God. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed, distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. You know, I, I, when I first um, read that, what brought my mind was like, wait, how long would that have taken to get them all in 50? <laughs> but you got to remember, there was like, there was a large amount of disciples following he had his 12 so his 12 were his generals so he would tell them they would go out to the other disciples and then they would go out into the crowds the multitudes and instruct of kind of this thing it wasn't just you know everybody was working together but he had a large group that would actually follow him remember in john 666 which we will cover next week many of those guys walked away from him so they didn't understand his hard teaching when he started talking about the blood and eating his body and all that. But we'll get into that next. You're jumping two weeks. ahead. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that's kind of what's coming. Um, but a great Spoiler multitude have been alert. following Jesus. So we need to know for several days. So this is not this is not just the one day. Several days they've been following, listening to his teachings, and also witnessing his miracles. Jesus had tried to get a way to rest. He was looking like, hey, you know, I've been serving all day today. It's time for me to rest. But the the needs of the crowd pressed upon him because of his compassion he ministered to the multitude in three different ways so we're going to cover two of those ways today so the first way he ministered to them is the most obvious way he fed them the problem jesus had to overcome was how was he going to meet their needs in such a vast crowd that was the that was a big dilemma that was something that he's probably looking at going i you know we're going to have some fun, right? Wait, wait, you think Jesus had a dilemma? I think that he was, I think that he was, I think that he's fully human and fully God. And I think he went to the father. I really do. And I think that he also saw it from the humanistic standpoint. I, that's just, that's just me. But I believe that ultimately he was like, okay, this is going to be cool. This is going to be fun. I mean, I think he knew because he's walking with the father. He knows that the father, again, remember we talked about last week that he, the father's always working. Jesus only adjusted his life to do whatever the father was already doing. So he must have witnessed at that very moment, okay, the father's doing something here. So he says, I'm going to join the father in what he's doing. That's, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still focused on, uh, I always thought there were only 12 servers in the dining room, and now you're telling me no. there's 72 servers no. in the dining room. we'll find that out more <laughs> in, as we move through. But his disciples proposed to him with four different solutions. The first was to have Jesus send them away. But Jesus knew that the hungry people would faint on the way if someone would not feed them. 
and it was and it was evening time. Well, that's not good. Yeah. So I guess the discussion we could talk about is is we always want to ask Jesus for wisdom uh, because He knows what's very best. I don't know. Thoughts on that? Well, I, <laughs> how come there was only one good mom in the? I know that center kid. With I mean, a, come with on, a, with send, a lunch. send send their family out to to hear this teaching, and they didn't have cheese, they didn't have bread. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think he had a King David lunchbox too. Yeah, probably did. Uh, I think more, Bob, it was like a McDonald's Happy Meal, oh, the, the box, you know. That, you don't think Chick-fil-A? No. No? Because it had the box. I mean, I think he had a box, you know. Oh, plus it was filet of fish Well, I, you know, I was thinking one thing that he talked about was compassion, and he had compassion. So I was trying to figure out, so he's got to be weak, and he's got to be weary, okay? So Jesus... You know, again, he was fully man, so he's dealing with it because it talks about him wanting to go to rest. But instead of doing that, he takes on this because he sees what the father's doing. He takes on this like major project. I mean, can you imagine sitting there praying over this and then he's breaking bread for like 10,000 people or more? And he's just constantly working that to, to, to spread it out and to get it out. But I, I saw this uh, statement by John Bunyan just on compassion. It just kind of spoke to me. So let me read it. He said, compassion asks us to go where it hurts, to enter into the places of pain, to share in brokenness, uh, brokenness, fear, confusion, and anguish. Compassion challenges us to cry out with those in misery, to mourn with those who are lonely, to weep with those in tears. Compassion requires us to be weak with the weak, vulnerable with the vulnerable, and powerless with the powerless. Compassion means full immersion in the condition of the human being. Boom. I had a teacher one time say to me that the mind can only tolerate Hmm. Sitting, you know, and uh, I think that's what you're saying yeah. is that people can't hear the teaching of Jesus with their stomachs growling. They mm. until we meet a need mm. in their life and we add the value mm. of loving them and and meeting meeting where they hurt. And you know, sometimes people are are crying so loudly they can't hear what we're trying to. Say. They can't receive our love until we pamper them, till we nurture them, until we love them. And and you know, you know, something that stood out to me, uh, and when you guys were speaking at the beginning, is is this is in all four gospels that, but why does John put it in there? John is 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 building a case that this is the Messiah and mm. that this is this is the the one who was promised and who was to come. Yeah. Jesus is the only one who can break a piece of bread and feed this many people. I mean, that that demonstrated another case for who this man is. It's not only the power of his teaching, but the power of his life. He is proven to us as being the Messiah by his life. And, and you're so on it, Pete, when you're saying, I only do what I see my father doing. Mm. And he is demonstrating, he is showing us in in physical form, this is the heart of the Father. Mm. I not only care about your soul, but I care about your needs right now, about mm. you being hungry. And let's meet those needs. Let's not send you away empty. God always has something for us. Mm. And and I'll bring up something else that really stood out of this past. Yeah, so again, it's it's so here's here's Jesus. He's He's ministering to the people. And then he recognizes that the father is doing something. Okay. So the father is at work 
and then he has compassion. So we just talked about that. And then he asked the question to his disciples. All right, so we let's feed them. And then their response back was, uh, okay, how do we do that? Right. Right. And so now let's just put it to our own life. So we are in our circumstance. We are in our situation. We're tired. We're broken. And we see somebody, we see the need. We don't want to do it, but then we say, okay, we can sense that the father is at work here. So we're going to adjust our life. We're going to call upon God's strength, but more than anything else, we need to ask him, what is it that you want us to do? You know, what is it? And then we work out our salvation after that. And that's what the disciples did. They worked out their salvation. They didn't have it right out of the gate, but they worked it out. And so that's kind of the process that we see here. And, um, and so that's, that's where we're going to journey. So you want to start with Satan five and we can go from there. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that there's four different solutions and the first one was to send them away. Yeah. The second one proposed. No, no, to feed them. The second one. Oh, to feed them. The second solution, um, came from Philip in response to Jesus's test question, raise enough money to buy food for the people. Yeah. Philip counted the cost and decided that they would need the equivalent of 200 days wages. And even if even that would not provide enough bread for everyone that was there. Yeah, so you're getting ahead. So you're talking about the at the beginning, but this is just breaking down now the process, that working out their salvation point. So that, so second solution to work out their salvation was a test question from Jesus. He was telling them, why don't you feed them? And Philip's like, ah, that's not happening. Dude, that's like 200 days of wages, and that's just maybe to get barely get by. So yeah, Jesus, you're not getting it. You know, you're a little dumb here is basically what Philip's saying. Thoughts? Ministry costs a lot of money. It does. Any pastor would say amen right now. It does (laughs) cost money. But, you know, what we we give people that comes from Jesus himself is more valuable. And, And, you know, I think it's funny that, you know, in just a few verses, Jesus is teaching, I am the bread of life. Mm right? He just got finished feeding 5,000 people bread and, and fish. And, and man, they were so happy to get that. So happy to re- receive that. But, you know, we could feed people and we need to feed people, but not, not without giving them the bread of life, right? The bread of life is, is, is giving them Jesus. And why do we give them Jesus? Because Jesus demonstrated that he was above that. He, 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 uh, was so powerful as the Messiah that, you know, he could, he could take just a little scrap and make it into something that would feed 5,000. There has never been anyone that's walked the face of the earth like Jesus. And this is another thing that proves that. Yeah. Jesus is testing their heart. That's what's going on, you know, and, and he's using this money. I mean, their first solution is, is money because that's, that's naturally how we think we're going to survive. Well, I got to pay my bills. I got to eat. I got to do that. So that's, that's what we're thinking. Okay. So how do I make more money? What other job do I pick up? You know, who, you know, from a pastor standpoint, who do I, who do I entice to get a, to come in that's really rich that can help us? I mean, it's, I mean, there's a lot of different variables that are at place and that's really what's going on. But John Wesley said, money never stays with him. It will burn. If it would burn me, if it did, I throw it out of my hands as soon as possible, lest it should find its way into my heart. And, and that's the key. And so Jesus is telling Philip, so Philip, I understand that's the way you used to do things. I get it. I understand that you depended upon money to be able to survive. But what I'm telling you is that I'm bigger than money. I do miracles. And you don't want to put your trust in that. You want to put your trust in me. 
And um, so I kind of see that. And then as far as the testing, Rick Warren said something that kind of popped out. He said, the ultimate test of faith is not how loudly we praise God in happy times, but how deeply we trust him in dark times. And so here it is. Would you say that again, brother? I need to hear that right now. Come on. (laughs) Wow. The ultimate test of faith is not how loudly we praise God in happy times, but how deeply we trust him in dark times. And so at this, this moment, they're, they're, you know, Philip's thinking, these guys are going to hurt us. They're going to destroy us. They're going to come after us. But I trust that, you know, God, you're going to get us through it. So thoughts? Yeah, God always gets us through a situation. And, you know, uh, we've got to take from this story that sometimes problems are setups, right? There was a problem here. It was getting late. These people were hungry. They were antsy and they wanted to hear Jesus. They needed to go home to get food. There was this problem, but God shows up in those problems, right? And that he, he demonstrates that no, your biggest need is not for the budget to be met. Your biggest need is for God to show up and do something that only he can do. And, and that's what, that's what we need to be thirsty. And, and you know, if you get, get us to the place of faith where when we see the problems coming, we, we, we start to get excited and anticipate, man, a miracle's coming. God's getting ready to show off and show up mm-hmm. because he always shows off when he shows up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and God has got this man. God cares. And, he, and his compassion is, is amazing. Yeah. It's the, the testing is not always be, I mean, sometimes when circumstance happens, it's not because sometimes we're doing bad. Sometimes it's because we are doing good yeah. and, and God just wants us to draw us ever closer to him. And so just always the, the key to this story and this aspect is that, don't lean on your own understanding, but trust and acknowledge Jesus in all things. Yeah. You know? And we've been in my church, we've been talking a lot about intimacy. What a beautiful, intimate moment mm. to see God in the flesh. Jesus lift up these loaves of uh, bread and, and a couple of fish and, and say, Father, I give this to you and mm. I ask that you would bless it. Mm. And he blesses it through multiplication and, and being able to meet the need of the people. Amen. And man, that that's such a divine, intimate moment that only those who were there and, and probably only those who were close. I, I don't know if the people out on the fringe, I mean, you think about five 5,000 men plus their wives and children sitting out in a, a, a field, a green grass field, right? They don't know what's going on at the hub of it. They can't, right. they can't see and hear that, right. but they experienced it. They experienced that blessing mm. and it and it infiltrated. But those really close into the core, those disciples, those inner disciples, you called them general generals and all that, that they got to see this this miracle. I think the when we asked why is this on all four gospels, here's another. Smith Wilgersworth Wilgelsworth, you guys you remember him back in the days? I He's don't. a firecracker. Anyway, he said this. He said, Great faith is the product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests. Great triumphs can only come, only come out of great trials. So the reason why 5,000 is in all four, because this was a great trial. This is something that did. And there's some great trials that we face in our life and great things will come in if we trust in Jesus. So, all right, you want to do six or you got something to say? Yeah, I just, (laughs) there's so much in this. And I think as Jesus does so much, and especially John exposes it in his book, is Jesus will use a physical need or a, a physical picture like here bread or yeah. 
or you know water yeah. back in chapter four um to 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 share a spiritual truth yep and i think that's that's what he's doing here and, mm. he, and he walks them step by step it's just it's just it's brilliant yeah so he walks them you know what do we do oh send them away no that's not really a good mm -hmm. option you know, well, and then of course, man, what do we jump to? Well, we'll just buy it. We'll fix the problem yeah. with money. You know, that, that'll fix it. Like, yeah, that's not going to work. That's a bad that's habit. A, that's not going to work yeah. either. And then even, even we bring the kids happy meal as, as, as Barry said, right? Like still that's, so that's what we have, right? What mm. we have by itself is still not enough mm. to do what needs to be done. Mm. Only when we give it and put mm. it in the hands of Jesus so is good. it enough. Mm -hmm. So that's what kind of hit me. And man, there's so many parallels with this story with, well, so two really stood out to me. I'll, I'll share those to you with you real quick. Go, he's feeding the, just feeding these people out in the field with bread. And it reminded me of when the Israelites were in the wilderness getting the manna. Mm. I mean, God can just feed you. I mean, he can just yep. do what he wants to do, yep. right? And then I also like the parallel going forward. If you go to Acts chapter four, and with a where John and Peter are preaching to the five thousand, right? And they, they say five thousand people are added. I don't think it's a coincidence that we've got five thousand there. Three thousand, but it's an X two. That's good. <laughs> no, it's five, Acts four. So that's five thousand. Oh, is that a different spot? It's re oh well. We'll teach you your Bible. <laughs> Show. Pull up Acts chapter four. <laughs> no, we, we no. believe you. We we'll believe you. No, no don't it. believe me. Well, I don't. Pull up Acts four. All right, so we got to do it. It says five thousand were added that day, right? And I don't think it's an accident because Peter and John are both here at at this feeding, whether when they're splitting up the happy meal, right? And what happens immediately after those five thousand get saved in Acts four? They get arrested, right? A yeah. storm comes. Yeah. What happens right here after the five thousand? get fed a storm comes I, I just think it's a cool i think it's a cool analogy yeah i'm trying to read it now but i'm i'm seeing my acts two part so now i'm looking at acts yeah, four acts four four yeah right. that's that's like news to me brother because i i mean i know acts two really well but acts four i should have probably paid attention well done bobalicious got it the third solution came from andrew but he was not sure how the problem would be solved i guess not he found a little boy who had a small lunch which contained two fish and five barley cakes notice once again andrew bringing someone to jesus amen yeah we talked about that come and see come and see we, we did a whole segment just on that but more than anything else is come and see a guy that pro solves problems yeah i think that's 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 really what he's saying let's come and see this guy this he's now, a problem now, solver what about the faith of the little boy mm. You know, was 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 he yelling? Hey, give me back my my fish and, and <laughs> that's <barley>. my lunch. <laughs> yeah, no, that's you right. people prepared. I brought my lunch. Did, that's right. Did they bribe him with money? Maybe uh, so. I don't know. But <laughs> but still, listen. You know, this little boy was willing to give up what he had. That's how so, I picture it. So that others would be Amen. able to have some. That's right? how I, I mean, picture it. And and they're going to. Anybody got any fish, bread? <laughs> Maybe. The, the master is hungry. That's the probably what happened. Needs it. Yeah. The master like needs this. it. And the boy said, well, I got this. You know, my mom was a good mom this morning and packed my lunch. Right. And I see that too because children yeah, are innocent. I do. And they were attracted to Jesus. Yeah, oh, yeah. And so I think that he came He's and like, said, here hey, I, I can am, help. use me. Amen. I think that's the picture I so, get. So can, can we give the little boy a little bit of credit right. because of his faith? He should have a name. He should yeah. have put his name right, in there, right? We could have a whole sermon just on that. His name was Jackson, man. <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> that was his name. His name was Jackson. Andrew Jackson. No, Jackson uh, Rice. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
All right, number seven. The fourth solution came from Jesus himself. This might be the one they want to do. And it was the truest solution. He took the little boy's lunch, blessed it, broke it, and handed it out to his disciples, and they fed the entire crowd. Yeah. I guess we said notice that the miracle took place in the hands of the Savior and not in the hands of the disciples. Mm. That's good. I mean, it's, I don't know, that's any thoughts good. on that? It's just... That's that's yeah. that's incredible. I have a thought. Yeah. And I wrote, this is the note I wrote on that. Yeah. I'm like, yes, that's true, but he did use the disciples. He well, wants he wants to use us. I can't believe it. He I, right? Right. He wants to use us, but all the glory needs to go to the Savior. Yeah, I mean the the practical lesson is clear. Whenever there is a need, give all that you have to Jesus and let him do the rest. No, let him break it. That's it. Oh man. Whatever that, it takes. That's what stands out to me, Pete, wow. is that before multiplication can happen, it's has to be broke mm. and it's the the outer wall bread to to be able to make what's on the inside is soft right to make it soft so it can be shared and man so many times god has to break me and and before i can be used right and and we can trust his hands when he does break us because his hands are always loving and gentle mm. All right, number eight. It is significant to notice that John mentioned the fact that Jesus gave thanks twice. Interesting. In verse 11, and then again in verse 23. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all state that Jesus looked up to heaven and gave thanks. But that very act, he reminded the hungry people, by that very act, he reminded the hungry people that God is the source of all good and needful gifts. Yeah, and I, I think we lose sight of that because it's, you know, our daily lives, we have our routines. You know, we get up, we do whatever we do, we go to work, we pay our bills, we get up, we do whatever we do, we go to work, we pay our bills. And it's it's like that is what that is what keeps us going. That is what, you know, we we our hard work is why we are able to pay for our food. You know, our discipline to do the hard things to do is why is what happens. But we forget that no, it has nothing to do with any of that. You're able to pay is because God is allowing you to pay to be able to do it. The God is allowing that to take place. Everything has to do with Him. He is the source of all good. He is the source of everything that's happening in your life. We don't want to ever lose that. And uh, and I think a lot of times what happens is we are too busy complaining about what we don't have. And we should be giving thanks to God by what we do have. And uh, I think that's the life lesson here. Good. Thoughts? You know, uh, I really appreciate the heart of Jesus. He, he doesn't take the credit. He, he's giving the Father thanks. And he's asking, the, he, instead of just doing it, he's asking the Father to do it. And, and he, so when he asks the Father to do it, the Father gets the credit. And, man, I just appreciate that about him. And are, are we going to talk about the scraps that we're taking up? No, go ahead and bring it. You know, the part that that uh, they they were able to take up the scraps really ministered to me this week as I was studying this. And, and what I want to say, in the Lord's economy, there is plenty. Mm. And there is enough for everyone. And, you know, but we don't have this. We, we use excuses, don't we? But there's only a little boy with a, a little. You know, God... God doesn't look at that. God looks at the potential in people. God looks at the potential of our ministries. God looks at the potential when he touches it and when he breaks it and when he blesses it. And after that, it's not just enough. 
he takes up scraps. Mm. There is plenty. There was more left over than what they started with. There was Always 12 baskets. And, and that just really speaks to me that, that we, we, we don't have to beg God to, to, to help us just, just give us a little bit, Lord. No, he is a father that wants to, to give us plenty. Yeah. He is a father that wants to make sure, you know why there was 12 baskets of, of bread left over and fish left over? It's because everybody, everybody, it didn't matter if you were a woman, boy, or or a man in this crowd, everybody, even the disciples, and I would say even Jesus, everybody was full. Everybody was full. You know, if not, they wouldn't have had those scraps laid over because I know Jews. I know myself. I know people. We would have put a little bit in our basket, right? We would have put a little bit in our sash to take home with us for the ride home, right? And I'm sure people did. I'm sure people did. But everybody had their fill, and what was taken up was was for later, was to sow into another ministry, was to sow into what 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 the next um, miracle was going to happen, and so I just I just thank God for for the scraps that are used to to feed the people, and then there's there's plenty for everyone. I, I just love it. You may not think you have much, but I'm going to tell you what: when God breathes over it, He breaks it and He blesses it. Amen. There is going to be enough in your ministry, in your life, in your family today. Yeah, amen. And I think our culture has lied to us. And, and you know, the again, the lesson here was the complaining about what they don't have instead of understanding what they do. And Barry, what you're saying is that there's 12 baskets all around us and God is blessing us. And because we lack contentment, we are wanting to make 12, 24. Instead of 24, we wanted 48. Instead of 48, we wanted 120, whatever yeah, it is. I didn't yeah. do the math right. But that's right. really what's happening. Our culture is constantly telling us to get more and yeah. more and enough more. Enough is never enough. And God is telling us to be content and to worship him and to be thankful for him. And more than anything else, to have eyes to see. Because if we really look around, regardless if you have a lot of money or a little money, God is blessing you some way, somehow. Amen. And he's, he's given you some sort of supernatural something. Yeah. And we're just missing it because we're complaining. Yeah, I, I just can't get over the little boy that gave up his, his food for the day. And he said he, he would tell his story when he's teaching Sunday school in, in the future days of his life. I was that little boy that gave <laughs> up the, right? the scraps. And God took what I gave, and I got to be used by him. I, I was involved with the miracle that Jesus did. I mean, guys, every day in your ministries, you are involved with miracles that Jesus is doing wow. every day. Brag on him. Be thankful yeah. for it. And, you know, uh, we're seeing miracles in our ministry and and so much satan wants me to to focus on the mess in our ministry everybody has mess in the ministry uh even pete was talking about that this morning and and but we have miracles in our ministry and what will you focus on huh mm. are you going to focus on that one man that has come mm. back to your ministry and say hey i need help and i want accountability and and i'm going to give god another chance come mm. on guys mm. and and that father 
that mother that has come to your church and, and has said, I want Jesus. Come on, let's focus on that instead of the naysayers. Let's, let's, let's focus on the good that God is doing and that he get, he uses you to feed the people and to multiply the miracle. He takes what you, the little scraps that I bring to him and he multiplies it and he does something with it. Come on to help somebody. Wow. Come on, feed somebody. Yeah, that is so good. Hey, I, I, I that's awesome, Pastor. I just wrote your uh, your title for your 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 sermon on that. What was that? The mess and the miracle. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. The miracle in the mess. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> what up? Wow, that's good. So, right. so again, so the, let's stop complaining. Let's surrender. Let's be broken to God so He can multiply through us. Amen. So good. That's good. good but we have a people. we have a huge transition now in the text. So something cool is about to happen. Uh, so let's jump into verse fifteen. It says, per- "Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force, meaning Jesus, to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself." When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the Sea of Cap... How do you say that? Cap... Capern... Capern... The Sea of Galilee. Capernaum. <laughs> Capernaum. Or Capernaum. Whatever. The Sea... Of, why did they change my name? It's, it's, could have gone with Tiberius or something. I don't know. All right. It was, it, was, it was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea began... Uh, the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But they said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at, at the land to which they were going. But what is going on here? Well, this is the second way that he ministered to the people. He 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 told his disciples that they need to leave the multitude. That was that was the second way he ministered to them. But wait, they're about to make him king. Why <laughs> right, would they want to leave? Right. Jesus compelled the disciples to get into the boat because he knew they were in danger. The crowd was aroused at this point, and the movement to make him king was at an all time high. So, so I'm sure the disciples wouldn't have mind staying around. I mean. I mean, I, we know their story. They were probably like, yeah, dude, this is right on, Wait, man. If they make him I'm gonna king. I'm going to be second in command. That's right. <laughs> we're we're going to get to be the, the, the cabinet or whatever, right? All the generals. So you already called them generals. So. Yeah. So I think that's what's happening. I mean, yeah. he's, he's seeing this. And he goes, well, uh-uh, it's not time yet. You know, let's hold your rolls, guys. This is not time. <laughs> you know, I st- there's still more to the story. We're just starting. You know, this is still towards the beginning of his ministry as it's going. So, you know, that's what's happening. And so he, that's the way he did it. Any thoughts on that part? You know, I, I wasn't going to directly comment on that part, but what, what behooves me is that they didn't recognize Jesus. You know, they, they have been on this journey so far. You're in chapter six of John and they've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And in, in other passages, it says that they didn't recognize him. They thought it was a ghost, right? Yeah. And he was walking on the water and, and, man they're getting to see miracle after miracle and and jesus it's a storm i think he comes because he hears their cries that they're scared and and that they're saying we're gonna die we 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 got our belly full and now we're gonna die on this this lake and and then a ghost is coming i'm scared to death but you know uh one of the what what was jesus teaching them and 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 this is 
this is a passage where Peter comes out, right? And, and walks on the water and, and, and gets to experience that with him. What, what another miracle, well, what is it that he's teaching them? You know, God, God in Jesus, Jesus here as God had control over everything and, and everything he did was, was a purposeful, you know, deal. And, but you know, when, when we're full of self and we're giving each other high five and we're celebrating that I'm something, you know, because I'm hanging out with Jesus and, and, you know, we're going to be a part of this and, and, and we get all full of ourselves. We can get so full of ourselves that we don't recognize Jesus mm. and and start bragging about our numbers and start bragging yeah, about everything. The, that's the part. Right. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Pete. Well, I was just thinking, I mean, that's, it's, it's such a natural thing to think that because we have large numbers, we're successful. It's, you know, here it is. Jesus has these, all these people in the, in the, in the disciples mind is like, wow, dude, this is the best ministry ever. We're like amazing. We're really close to him, you know? And, and that's what's happened. Oh, now they want to make him King. Well, that happens in our own ministries, right? That happens with us. We're, we're doing God's will and all of a sudden God's blessing it. You know, the spirit is being poured out. Things are coming. The numbers are happening and all that. And we put our worth in the numbers. Mm. We put our like, hey, look at what we're getting. And then people always ask, well, how big is your church, right? How big is your ministry? How many people are coming to your Bible study? How many are doing this? And we lose sight of what God is actually saying. God say, where's your heart at right now? Are you broken before me? Are you serving me? Are you there to wash these people's feet? And and, and does it have to be a lot? Could it not just be five? Could it not just be three? Could I not be working in that? Why do we get our minds into being famous? Why do we get our minds into wanting the masses? That's, I mean, there's churches, that's all, that's the way they're set up. They're set up just to grab, just to attract to the masses. Because the pastor, I believe, will have an ego or he's dealing with something. And, and they're set up in that way. It's not that we're, we don't want to, I'm not, hear me, I'm not saying don't set up in a way that's our very best. We want to be our very best. We want to do the very best we can so that God is glorified. We want to remove any obstacles that we possibly can so that people don't focus in on those obstacles. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying where's the heart in it? And that's where Jesus is getting at. Yeah, I pray Pete, that in our in our ministry, that we never get to the point that we're so distracted by either storms or blessings or the crowd that we don't recognize Jesus. Amen. That's the key. Isn't that why we're? That's it. Are we really doing it for the crowd, or we're doing it for Jesus? Right to to usher him into people into the presence of him, and and is he the big deal there that we? We, we want to catch what Jesus is doing and we want to recognize him and, and, and bring him forward and, and don't miss the miracle that he's doing. Amen. That's I mean, good. Jesus knew that there was a danger coming. He knows there's dangers in our own life. He knows that's happening. And so Jesus deliberately was trying to help his disciples stay away from that danger. So that's, that's kind of what I see in that. So he's working on that, but, but it's not that, uh, you know, he was rescuing them from greater danger. So, you know, he didn't want them to be swept away. So he's telling them, Hey, I'm impelling you. So if God's coming to your life and you know, you have all this crowd and Jesus said, no, I want you to be away from me and I want you to be humble and I want you to get away from all of that. I want you to deny this crowd. I want you to deny being famous. I want you to deny all of that. I just want you to get with me. And then when he, when you say, okay, Lord, I'll get with you and you get away. And then the next thing he sends a storm your way, you know, here, here you are, you have this mass crowd, you're going to be a king. You're going to, your ministry is exploding and all that. And God sends you away. And then he sends this storm 
And, it, and it's like he knew it all along. He had this all planned. He wants, he wants our hearts constantly checked to be with him, be loyal. Bob, thoughts? Yeah, so we can keep, again, so we can keep our eyes on him. Yeah. You said something. I, I just want to make sure that the, the, our, our folks understand. Pete's not saying that there's anything wrong with a big church. No. He's saying that should not be the it's goal. It's the heart. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right. Um, sometimes we are caught in a storm because we have disobeyed the Lord. Jonah is a good example of this. But sometimes a storm just comes because we have because we have obeyed the yep. Lord, and He's trying to trying to teach us something. That's it. Awesome. All right. Last statement. Jesus was never impressed by the great crowds. He knew that their motives were not pure, and that most of them followed him in order to watch his miracles of healing or being fed. Right? He must never be deceived by wanting. You must never be deceived by wanting to be popular. Some people, why do they come to the churches? Oh, they had a great music. Oh, the pastor was amazing. Oh, I just had this. You know, I'm a part of this club. I'm part of this group. Whatever it is. Yes, yeah, the hip place. I want to be seen there, or you know, whatever. All wrong. Any reasons. ministry, anything that we do, Satan can use that if we don't check our heart. That's what it's being said. Barry, thoughts? Yeah, man. You know, if you're only loving Jesus and being part of Jesus for what he can do for you, you know, and and how you can be in the in crowd, man, that manipulation with Jesus, he will break you. And he will reveal to you that you um, only need him. And uh, I, I, I got some friends in that place right now that I'm praying for that uh, that they would see that Jesus is all they need uh, before they get broken. But sometimes it just takes that. It took that for me. Well, talk to those people. And if they don't know the Lord, maybe, you know, share with them how they can come to know who he is. Amen. Well, thank you for that privilege. That is my favorite part of these shows is to be able to say, you know, if if you are seeing these miracles and and you're saying man that's really cool and you you're you're like all of america almost all of america say we're christian we're americans and we're associated with americans and we're associated with good people and we're associated with christianity but this call to follow jesus is a call to to die it's a call to take up the cross and it's not a call to popularity. It's not a call to easy street. It's not a call to just receive the blessings, but it's a call to, to submit. It's a call to serve and it's a call to surrender. And, and if you're out there and, and God is moving you right now about this miracle, there is no one like Jesus. Make no bones about it. And that is what John is showing us that Jesus lived differently and performed miracles differently jesus did what nobody else could do and that was evidence that jesus was the messiah if you would agree that jesus was special and that there's never been anyone like jesus and that he died on the cross and he resurrected well that implores you employs me employs us to do something we must give our life to him. We must surrender our life to him. And I really want to ask you today, have you done that? If you have never surrendered yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, him becoming your boss and you being willing to be persecuted because of him, you willing to do whatever he tells you to do, you have to receive him as Lord. 
You have to invite him into your heart. And the first step is this. You need to repent of your sin. See, the reason why we don't automatically become Christians as Americans is because of sin. Our sin separates us from God, and that's why Jesus died. Jesus didn't die because of his sin. He died because of our sin to pay the penalty on the cross so that we could know him, so that we could be a part of his family, be forgiven, and have a home in heaven. But that doesn't come with easy street. That doesn't come with a bit of roses. And it comes with a call to die, a call to die, not just physically, not physically, but a call to die to self and, and to the things of this world. We die to this world. I'm no longer a citizen of this world. I'm no longer finding my identity by what this world will call me. I'm finding my identity in Christ. And so after repenting, you must Place your trust and belief in Jesus alone. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. And so he is the only way. And instead of trying to, to live up to uh, the, the standard, trying to live better than your neighbor, you, you accept what Jesus did on your behalf as the only way. The only way I'm going to get there is through what Jesus did. And you put your trust and belief in him that he was the son of God, that he died, he was buried, he rose again the third day. And now because he rose, he has the right to be Lord. He gave his life for you and you make him your treasure. He sits on the throne of your heart and you serve him. And not not begrudgingly, but because of all that he, out of love, because of all he's done for you. Sir, ma'am. If you don't know you have that gift, would you pray with me? Would you just simply ask God these words? Dear God, forgive me, for I am a sinner. I've lived selfishly. I have lived on my own agenda. And God, I know that now that offends you, and I'm sorry. Oh, God, thank you for sending your son to die in my place. I believe in him and I believe he's the only way to heaven and I put my trust not in myself but in what he has accomplished by his death on the cross. And God, I, I realize that you rose him from the dead, that he is alive. And because you are alive and you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus, I invite you to sit on the throne of my life. Come into my heart right now. Sit on the throne of my life and be my master and my Lord. I surrender. Save me now. Help me to live obediently for you and to proclaim your truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Pete. Man, what else? <laughs> that was so good, Barry. You know, if you gave your life to the Lord, we'd love to hear about it. But more than anything else, go and tell somebody. The Bible tells us if we, we, we confess before man and, uh, here on earth, that God will confess before God there in heaven. And so I messed that up again. But that was kind of the gist of what it says. <laughs> but we would love to hear from you. Um, so go to riotpodcast.co and go to know God, click on that, click on um, that you just gave your life to the Lord. And we love to come alongside of you in your journey and help you out in any which way we can. Bob, thoughts? Yeah, just a reminder that uh, if you're listening to us on a podcast, make sure you subscribe so that you get uh, notified every time the new one comes out. If you haven't been to our Facebook page, go check that out. Let us know where you're listening to us from. And um, 
and share that and share it with a friend and then finally if you're watching us right now on uh, on youtube you got to do a few things for us hit that little thumbs up button and uh, that'll just uh, that helps us get that out to more people and then make sure you hit the subscribe button and the bell and the little bell will notify you every time a new one gets released and we would be remiss if we did not wish all the mothers out there a very happy mother's day so you're will be this will be released on thursday mother's day is just a couple days after that yeah. so i'd like to wish my beautiful wife crystal an amazing uh mother's day and uh, as i'm sure these gentlemen now you know kind of guilt now they have to have to do the same but uh, uh man all of the mothers that are out there listening have an amazing day and guys take care of the mothers in your life this this sunday amen happy mother's day happy, happy mother's day. day all right Be love blessed. you guys take have a care. great week this has been the riot podcast if you liked what you heard today please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends see you back here next week for another episode of the riot podcast